to the Zen Brain Podcast, where we explore alternatives to psychiatric medication and strategies for conscious lifestyle change. Here's your host and philosophical entertainer, Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce. Human relationships are an enormous source of learning and growth, and also it's one of the most painful and problematic um, things that we can experience, and confusing. They can be really complicated and perplexing at times, and you find yourself in situations that you never would have expected. Uh, They can be the most beautiful experiences where you feel like you've never felt before. And at other times, people kill themselves because they were attached to this idea that they only had one. And when they lose them, life is over. Another way that happens is when you attach your identity to that relationship. When the relationship ends, if you didn't have anything else in your life, like a hobby or anything else or other relationships, you feel like you're dying. So there's an assortment of intimate relationships that we can choose from. You hear a lot about polyamory these days. Um, A lot of people say they want monogamy, even though most of them are actually serial monogamy. Um, But it comes from the ideal of one romantic partner until you're dead. Most people break up and just do this a bunch of times. Um, You know... Um, seems like a lot of pain, but I think one of the things I'll get into a whole nother podcast on this is there's this program that we've kind of, most people, at least in the United States have fallen into is one itis. And that's this belief that there is one soulmate for you. And this is going to cause problems in all your breakups, but it's going to cause other issues that aren't so obvious in your life. Still, like I mentioned, there's polyamorous relationships where people have multiple partners at the same time. And then you've got people who just choose to be celibate and channel their romantic energies into art or something else. Uh, There's also individuals that are straight, other people that are gay, some are bisexual, and there's really no correct or incorrect answers here. You have the freedom to guide the course of your relationships however you like with the caution that your partners willingly decide to share those things with you. So whatever you are choosing to do, you need to be at least agreeing to that circumstance or that situation or that agreement or the lack of agreement or the lack of commitment, whatever that is. As a few of the ideas in this podcast conflict with some mainstream social disciplining, You might come across parts you take issue with, and that's okay. Apart from demonstrating how to apply the rules we've talked about um, in this podcast to your relationships, I don't aspire to convince you to alter your particular values uh, to meet my own, but at the same time, I do wish to challenge you to question your position about your relationships and make your own winning selections, even though your preferences might be different than mine. 
Just don't fall into the same pattern just because that's what you were told. Our lives are filled up with a myriad of common relationship forms. Loved ones, acquaintances, friends, colleagues, intimate partners, opponents, and strangers. No matter your present situation or reality um, and your affections, you may help you to better all of these relationships at the same time. So in the podcast, I'm mainly going to center on intimate relationships, but take these concepts and apply them to all of your human interactions. It's, it's really easy to talk about intimate relationships between a man and a woman because it's something that we all understand and there's words available, right? So let's go ahead and jump into this and, uh, you know, hopefully we get our, our, our beliefs challenged a little bit and in the end we have better relationships because we're willing to look a little closer at reality. In fact, I recommend checking out the Reality Mindset Podcast if you haven't seen it already. All right, let's start with the basic appraisal of your present circumstances. What do your senses tell you? What's the reality? How do you feel about your current relationships? Are you pleased, disgruntled? Do you feel connected to the individuals around you or are you unplugged and lonely? Are your relationship based in reality or have they been tainted by fantasy? Do the individuals in your life understand you for who you really are or do you merely reveal only part of yourself to make sure that everybody likes you? You're faking it kind of, I guess. Do your relationships empower you or do they disempower you? Do you have what you wish or do you feel like there's still something missing that you would like to have in your relationships? So be truthful in assessing your own role. What do you contribute to the individuals closest to you? What do you have to offer a partner? Do other people benefit by having you in their lives or do you capitalize them without supplying anything in return? Look on the far side, the extreme forms of relationships and look for the real truth about them. For example, a marriage may be labeled to describe a legal partnership or it may represent a rich interpersonal bond between two individuals. What do you notice when you look behind these labels? What's the true nature of your relationships? Notice the width and the depth of your current relationships. Do you have an unceasing influx of new individuals entering into your life? And how many individuals would claim to know you if you asked? How rich are those bonds? And which individuals would you consider close acquaintances or intimate partners? Would you love to have more connections in your life? Or would you love to intensify the ones that you already have? As you evaluate your current situation, Bear in mind that your relationships live only inside your mind. 
your perceptions specify them. In order to perceive or precisely evaluate your present status, you've got to look inside yourself. Accept your ideas as they come and don't be surprised if your feelings about a particular relationship are ambivalent or ill-defined. Now turn your attention to your anticipations or your expectations. Where do you truthfully see your present relationships going and which ones are developing and which ones are just drifting away? Where is your momentum taking you and what does your current situation tell you about your time to come? Plainly, there's excessive uncertainty in human relationships when trying to make predictions about them. But all you need to do here is, you know, make a fair guess. Your truthful anticipations, even if they may turn out to be inaccurate, still bear a lot of reality as they uh, reveal your feelings about it. And your feelings will impact your actions and induce future changes in the direction of the relationship. So how you see it is going to affect how it evolves. Consequently, it's crucial to get aware of your truthful predictions as such an awareness provides you the uh, might to consciously alter the parts that aren't working. You know, people are always talking about getting toxic people out of your life. And I really don't like that angle because it, it's arrogant. <laughs> you might be the toxic one. Why are they in your life? So if it's not serving you, you can let it go. But let's let's just stop calling everyone that isn't your best bud toxic just because they don't suit your particular frame. Anyway, consequently, it's crucial to get aware of your truthful predictions either way and give special attention to your feelings as they bear their own anticipatory intelligence if something doesn't feel right listen favorable emotions represent favorable predictions and damaging emotions real damaging predictions occasionally you might feel like a relationship is waning even when everything appears really great on the surface and then you might have a word with your with your partner and find out that there are some crucial things that are being overlooked or issues uh, that you haven't worked out together or maybe even looked at at this point once we bring those issues up to the surface, even if we don't solve them immediately, the feelings of closeness will return again. And even just by putting attention on the issue, it starts to transform. I've learned to place a lot of trust in the way I feel when it comes to relationships, although I don't come to conclusions about what that means. Meaning just because I feel a good attraction doesn't mean we're meant to be together forever. When something seems wrong to me, I understand the best thing I may do is go to the individual and explain that something doesn't feel right and so that, you know, we can sort things out if we need to. And that brings in the reality to the relationship. And again, it brings in that closeness by having that open, honest, vulnerable authenticity, which I think everybody loves that. Untruth is clearly negative, but so is inattention. So if you quit deliberately injecting fresh reality into your relationship on a steady basis, distance is produced by default. So reality isn't simply the absence of lying. Reality is a crucial relationship activity. Take on whatever realities you discover about your relationships, even if you feel immobilized in your current situation. Don't buckle under uh, to denial. 
if you feel a little bit sad and lonely, take on those feelings. If you feel your union is headed for a breakup or a divorce, accept your truthful predictions. You're probably right. If you feel totally stuck and powerless to change, accept it. Never shut your eyes to reality. If you wish to develop beyond your present limitations, you you have to first learn to quit resisting where you're at right now. Lastly, it's crucial to accept the real nature of human relationships. All of them are assured to be temporary, regardless of how mighty your bonds are. They'll all sooner or later end in detachment or loss. No relationship may possibly live on, at least not in physical form. Let your awareness of this reality provide you a deep appreciation of the individuals in your life. When you accept that your relationships are temporary and there is no one, they'll become more treasured to you and you'll be less likely to take them for granted and more likely to enjoy the time that you have that you're spending with them. You establish and expand your relationships by choosing to connect with others and letting them connect with you. The most common way this occurs is through direct communication. The more you communicate with your fellow humans, the more attached you get. These links let you enjoy the emotional side of affection as your growing feelings of closeness and caring increase. Communication is simply the beginning. All the same as human relationships have the possibility to move from connection to communion. Even with frequent communication, there's a chance of falling into a rut. Exchanges that are lacking in reality, affection, or might sooner or later grow cold. But when all three elements are there, the blocks to richer levels of communication and closeness are absent. If you think about your usual manner of communication, you'll likely discover that it's unbalanced. Most likely, you'll prefer one or two channels rather than utilizing all three. For instance, I've had a habit of leaning too much on reality and and might. Um, I like exploring new realities, and I particularly like empowering and challenging individuals uh, to take action on these things. My failing is that my communication may be lacking in the understanding and compassion. Consider some of the individuals in your life and see if you're able to distinguish their dominant lines. Which individuals prefer reality, wanting to discuss facts, exchange data and explore ideas, who reach out mostly with affection, wanting to talk about anything and everything simply for the sake of associating, and who communicates with might, attempting to drive individuals to take action and make changes. You'll see some facets of reality and affection and might in all communications, but most individuals tend to lean to a great extent on one or two of these lines. What mixing of reality, affection, and might do you utilize to connect with other people? Recognizing that your weakness, your weakest line will be the source of many of your communication issues. So you may really be accomplished and significant development in your relationship by learning to utilize your weakest line when communicating in addition to your forts. In order to connect, we require a base level of compatibility. 
There has to be a little overlap in communication styles, which will build a link. If there's deficient overlap, a close connection merely just won't settle in. In order to develop, however, we require a few differences in our techniques. Otherwise, we swiftly hit a plateau in our power to connect. Our similarities draw us together, but our differences help us develop. Now that you're mindful of the importance of reality, affection, and might, you're able to consciously direct the development of your relationships, and you're able to likewise diagnose issues. If you're in a relationship today, may you identify your main area of compatibility. Do you connect on reality, sharing data and learning from one another? Or do you connect on affection, expressing love and enjoying each other's company? Or do you connect on might, supporting and encouraging one another to accomplish your aspirations and goals? While all three might be present to some level, which technique is the most dominant? The practical application here is that when you understand your dominant connection technique, you're able to utilize it deliberately to retrieve your closeness whenever you begin to feel a little bit distant from one another. Likewise, you're able to utilize the differences by choice, helping one another develop. With our relationships, we may consciously set up an alignment with reality, affection, and might. The most beneficial relationships serve to better your might instead of decrease it. The point of moving into a relationship is to better your alignment with reality, affection, and might, thereby undergoing greater unity. If an association pulls you further out of alignment, it isn't worth sustaining. The longer you hold tight to disempowering relationships, the feebler you become. Your most beneficial relationships will help you meet your needs, satisfy your wants, gain lucidity, and feel more connected. They'll bring value to your life in a way that are crucial to you. If you buckle under to relationships that break you or make you feel ensnared, you're giving your might away. It's your responsibility to amend such situations, no matter what the circumstances are. Recognize that you may decide to leave at any time. There, there might be damaging consequences to doing so, like losing money if you leave a scornful partner, but such issues are still temporary. And when you cast off disempowering relationships, you may expect to recover your might in time. Regrettably, the very nature of scornful connections is they sabotage you to the point that it's difficult to even imagine being mighty again. If you discover yourself in a spot that weakens you and you don't decide to leave, then you're deciding to stay, which means you're deciding to ill-treat yourself. A conscious relationship demands work and dedication on both sides. One person can't take on the whole thing by themselves. If you're spending more time battling resistance rather than sharing affection, you're better off letting go. Place yourself in a position to savor something more reciprocally rewarding and don't settle for less when, than what you're worth. Empowering yourself isn't a selfish action. 
Once you hold your relationships to the measure of empowerment, you grow more mighty and your strength runs out to individuals around you too. You won't have problems and you won't have so-called toxic relationships. What do you do if your most disempowering relationships are with your own loved ones? There's, there's no reward in remaining true hearted to somebody who's disempowering you. And when you sabotage yourself like that, you do the same to the individuals around you too, dragging everybody down with you. So don't pressure yourself and other people to suffer from a misdirected sense of dedication to a relationship that's hurting your life. If you're a really true hearted individual, then give your allegiance to those who really merit and don't blindly give to those who claim it as their birthright. And I would say, make sure to put yourself first and be okay alone before you start casting all your problems onto other people. What do you truly wish from your relationships? What character traits do you find most magnetic in other people? While you're always free to associate with anybody at any time, it's crucial to set up a criteria for richer levels of bonding. Let yourself form friendships and even intimate partnerships with individuals who empower you and better align with reality, affection, and might. Separate out those who only lead you astray. And when it comes to long-term relationships, um, I pick my friends and associates cautiously. I don't let people in really quick. I'll, I'll, I'll have connections, but if they're going to be entered into to my long-term circle, if you will, it takes me a minute. I favor friends with elevated personal criteria and individuals who are already powerfully aligned with reality, affection, and might by themselves. And I want to make sure they're going to meet me um, halfway, uh, you know, so they don't walk away when I thought everything was great. And I also don't form really close bonds with those who are unscrupulous or unintelligent or unwitting, indifferent, scornful, unfocused, undisciplined, or irresponsible. It's just, it's not interesting to me mainly, um, but it doesn't have good outcomes either way. Um, when you're at work and you're in direct contact with a, a wide assortment of people, you know, you should be happy to help everybody uh, when you can, um, but only really develop the, the richer, close relationships with the ones who fit your personal standards and lifestyle. On the other hand, when somebody does meet the criteria for a friendship, uh, then you can move forward into being more casual acquaintances to close friends really quickly. Uh, the single most critical factor uh, I seek is an allegiance to conscious development and growth. Uh, prior to having such criteria, I found my relationships less satisfying and I still had um, an easy time making acquaintances, but too frequently I uh, bring individuals into my life that drew me further out of alignment with reality and affection and might. It's been stated that you may anticipate your future by viewing the individuals with whom you spend the most time with, and that isn't far from reality. Your relationships will have an enormous influence on your development. If you discover yourself utilizing all your might and self-control to resist the damaging influence of your own acquaintances, you're fighting a losing battle. Utilize your might to break such relationships and surround yourself with individuals who by nature empower you. As a universal rule, whenever you discover yourself lodging in a disempowering environment, don't battle the situation. Simply get up and leave. If you still want to address the issue at that environment later, you'll be a, a more mighty position to do so from um, an exterior uh, position looking in rather than being 
uh, triggered and, and getting caught up in the drama. I understand there are times when it may be difficult in the extreme to leave a disempowering relationship. I mean, it can feel like the end of your life. The level of challenge doesn't alter the solution, however. You really free up enormous energy when you quit fighting against the currents and begin thinking of how to escape such a damaging situation. Even while you stay physically stuck, you'll feel more empowered. And as soon as you start moving in the correct direction, that's because it's your alignment with might that makes you even generally stronger. And this alignment may be accomplished no matter what the external conditions are. Might is a direction. It's not a position. The best thing you may do to empower other people is to empower yourself. You'll do a lot more good for other people if you keep yourself mighty. Undetermining yourself helps no one. In order for the whole thing to be strong, the individuals must take great care of themselves and take responsibility for themselves. Be heedful to avoid giving up your might to your relationships. In order to accomplish an empowering level of interdependence, you have to retain a reasonable degree of independence. If you discover yourself unable to arrive at decisions as an individual and must defer to somebody else to make every decision, especially critical decisions, you're imparting your might and shrinking yourself and your responsibility to live your own life. That's not a position you want to be in. And that's what can really break you down when some of these relationships end, or even worse, they don't end. If you wish to draw in a high caliber partner, the best thing you may do is to better your own alignment with reality, affection, and might. If you discover yourself perpetually attracting the wrong sorts of people, or if you're trouble attracting anybody at all, it's because you're out of alignment with these basic principles. If you believe the answer is to apply fake techniques to charm the right individual, then you're buckling un under the untruth and deception, which is only going to backfire on you eventually. If you want to attract a person truthfully, work on yourself honestly. If you wish somebody loving and caring, look to deepen that part of yourself. If you wish somebody to be bold and adventurous, work at it, work at your own bravery. While there's a wide assortment of personality traits individuals find magnetic, the principles of reality, affection, and might are universal attractors. No sane individual wants a relationship filled up with lies and deceit. No one wishes an indifferent or uncaring partner, and no one by choice enters a scornful relationship. In spite of our differences, we're all attracted to the same fundamental traits in one another. We're all in the desire to have close relationships in our reality and to hold on to a reality-centered perception with affection and might. The more you grow these inside of yourself, the more universally magnetic you'll become when we wish to reach out and grow new relationships and connections we need to remember that everybody else is already connected to us we are all individual parts in the same body and the beliefs that we are different and distinct beings is nothing but a fantasy technically we don't have to form relationships with others from scratch. We have only to tune into the key connection that is already there. An uncommon or unlikely series of events leads us to the correct individuals at the correct times 
and we get the spooky feeling that we were in some way destined to meet. Before I experienced the mentality of unity, I could never walk into some random store and expect to be hugging somebody I'd never met previously. Uh, be prepared for captivating social experiences as your alignment with unity increases. I believe the reason this mentality is so effective is that when you assume a pre-existing connection, individuals tend to pick up on your receptiveness and react in a similar way. Seemingly, the best way to break the ice with somebody is to presume there never was any ice originally. This is the particular true of those who are really conscious and self-aware. In fact, one trick you can try doing is when you enter a room to yourself, Give everybody a compliment in your mind and see if they approach and treat you differently. You may be surprised. But such individuals by nature react to friendly overtones from like-minded people and injurious rejections are rare. If you approach somebody from a mentality of unity and are declined harshly, it's a safe bet that the other individual isn't aligned with this idea and would consequently be incompatible with you anyway. The nice thing about unity is that it by nature attracts other people who feel the same way and separate separates out everybody who doesn't. The more you line up with unity and the more unity oriented relationships that you'll draw in, thereby further reinforcing your experience. Social disciplining teaches you to center on the hazards of rejection when approaching somebody you've never met. Unity teaches you to center on the chances for a real connection. A rejection is a sign of incompatibility, so uh, it can't really be even considered a, a rejection um, or a bad outcome because it's just feedback of what you were, you know, making an experiment on. So once a favorable connection is attained, there's the possibility that both individuals will be absolutely transformed for the better. This may hardly be considered a danger. Rather, it's sort of a wager that's worth making repeatedly. In addition to initiating fresh connections, be open to receiving advances from other people as well. When somebody makes an advance, react empathetically and kind. Be inviting and friendly. If you recognize the connection isn't correct for you, let the other individual down easily. When you determine it is necessary to turn individuals down, be heedful not to disempower them, but truthfully, but gentle. Then again, if your sense of well-being matches the connection off the bat, Lower your shields, let your feelings lead you, and let the relationship grow as it may. A lot of committed relationships buckle under the cheating or divorce as one or both mates end up feeling unplugged for too long. They let themselves connect with their main relationship partners, but not with anybody else. Such ill-conceived loyalty becomes a controlling snare that knocks individuals out of alignment with unity. This produces strong cravings for truer connections, forcing individuals either to settle for reclusiveness or to look for fresh intimacy outside the main relationship. A feeling that such connections are incorrect makes the issue worse, causing individuals to lie about their affairs and therefore producing even more distancing from that unity. When you're in a close relationship, value the fact that your mate isn't your property. Don't clutch others so tight that you cut them off from being able to associate with anybody but you. In order to maximize your chances for conscious development, you must be open to molding new connections 
with an assortment of individuals, particularly when you're in a committed relationship. Social discipline tends to fail us in that area. We are encouraged to discover and wed a single partner centered at our deepest levels of physical and emotional intimacy on only one individual. However, simple observation tells us that rational relationships of this nature commonly fail, ending in breakup, divorce, or alienation. Even when the legal union doesn't stop and living together continues, the bond frequently stagnates and fails to gratify either individual's long-run emotional needs. Committed relationships call for the placing a high value on your mate's overall welfare. This includes respecting the need to connect with others, occasionally casually and other times more closely. And if your main relationship prevents you from connecting deeply with other people, you've got a cage and not a winning partnership. You are in charge of your own fate. While chance encounters might play a critical role in your life, you'll get the best results by consciously choosing what you wish and taking action to get there. Taking command, being brave and intelligent doesn't imply control or dominating others. It merely means holding yourself in a high enough esteem to know your merit, experiencing the connections that you want. Because of the inherent personal nature of this domain of life, you can't merely delegate it to somebody else. If you wish to be effective at connecting with other people, you have to strive to become your own relationship expert. A few individuals say you can falsify social confidence by getting yourself in the right state of mind. Um, and I believe the fake it till you make it technique really is a big error. It's better to put in the time to establish true social skills rather than falsely pretending to be something that you're not. While you may surely better your relationship skills with trial and error, I think it's simpler to enlist the help of a mentor. But this will only work if you prize and apply your mentor's advice. Discovering a social mentor shouldn't be too difficult. Simply identifying somebody you know who appears to have a simple time to connect with individuals, somebody whose interpersonal skills are more developed than yours, um, just tell that individual that you want to be better. You want your social skills to be better and ask for pointers and advice and maybe even going on a, you know, getting a, a relationship coach. My experience is that most people are flattered by that kind of a request and frequently finding it an amusing challenge to attempt to turn a wallflower into a social butterfly. Interpersonal skills in the end must be developed through action. It isn't adequate to search the net or read books on how to connect with individuals. At some point, you have to put your ideas into practice. The more firsthand experience that you attain, the more comfortable you'll feel and the more your natural authentic self will come out. Bravery plays an assortment of crucial roles in human relationships. Firstly, you need bravery to initiate fresh connections and overcome the dread of rejection. Second, you require bravery to intimately connect with individuals. And thirdly, you need bravery to face the reality about relationships that have gone amiss. And lastly, you need bravery to end those relationships that no longer assist you. If you wish to bring 
fresh relationships in your life. Don't wait for other people to come to you. You have to take the opening move. And in the long haul, waiting causes too many escaped opportunities and leads to regret. When meeting somebody new, my preferred opening is just, hi, I'm Mike or Michael, whatever, depends. I want to be direct and straightforward rather than trying to, to get, you know, some disingenuous approach or technique. And, and plus, if there's a real connection, this is all easy. Just by saying hi and introducing yourself, if that conversation doesn't go very good, that's a clue. If it, if it just goes real smooth and you start to chit chat and you, you almost like need to stop talking because it's going, you know, you're taking up too much time in the social room or something, uh, then, you know, that's, a, you know, it's not hard, you know, at that point. So anyway, uh, somebody who uh, reacts with like a, a, a distance uh, to a friendly advance isn't going to really be, you know, compatible anyway. So there's, there's a need uh to press such individuals to connect if it's not flowing it's not flowing i'd rather engage with somebody who just naturally and authentically is friendly and we have something to talk about really easily rather than attempt to reel in a cold fish handling rejection occasional embarrassment is a little a small price really to pay for robust rewards of human relationships in your life um, your imaginations might transform such fears into a monster but it's actually nothing it's it's just uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a fear delusion in your mind. Um, you know, and it's easily defeated when you just, anyway, you can just let that stuff go. It's small. It's way smaller than your mind tries to make. The greatest risks are missing out on the laughter that you never shared. Um, and the individuals you never helped and the partners you, um, sentenced to loneliness because you didn't choose to connect that price is high to pay for a tiny little rejection or a no or an awkward conversation. In the long run, you likely won't get, uh, you won't regret the connections you made that didn't work, but you'll regret the ones you never made. And you'll always question what could have been. Stop and ask the heart and soul a question regarding your relationships. Does this relationship have a heart and soul? When consciously Choose which one you wish to preserve, which you wish to intensify, and which you wish to break. Don't settle for a life filled with shallow, um, void interactions. Go for the rich connections or the soul family, I like to call them, and ensure that your life is filled up with a lot of heart. Among the hardest challenges involves confronting a relationship that's gone rancid. Damaging emotions like sorrow, bitterness, anger, shame, and worry make the risk seem so much higher. If you find yourself confronting such a situation, trust reality, affection, and might to lead you. Have a candid talk with your mate and truthfully share your ideas and feelings. When you do so, center on sharing the reality of what you feel rather than jumping to a conclusion or placing fault. To guarantee you're speaking the truth, utilize first-person sentences like, I believe, uh, or I feel, or I'm worried that, or, or something like that. This commonly produces uh, much less opposition in the other person um, when, you know, you're using, instead of using statements like, you made me feel this way, or you, you always do this, or you forever uh, are always blank, you know, um, 
nonviolent communication. There's classes out there that teach you how to do this with a lot of skill. So when talking about relationship issues with your partner, don't suppress these things. Just speak your reality regardless of what it is you perceive um, and what the consequences will be by communicating. And don't be surprised if the other individual reacts defensively initially. Simply continue to talk and be open and listen and do your best uh, to work through the defensiveness. Make it well-defined that you're looking for truth and ask your partner to share, um, you know, the same kind of commitment. You might discover that lining up with reality, affection, um, and major power demands that you stop a relationship. If your partner is leading you away from a centered life and is unwilling or incapable of correcting the issue, you, you might as well just move on. Free yourself, you know, free yourself to have a fresh connection that steps up your alignment with reality, affection, and might. When you stop a relationship, be direct, truthful, and compassionate and firm. Uh, just speak your reality as it is and, and let the cards fall where they may. There's no shame in terminating something that doesn't satisfy you. In fact, it's honorable. You are every right to quest after your own happiness and your own satisfactory relationships and however you choose to put them together and however you choose to frame them and set them up. That's up to you. If somebody else doesn't fit into that model, then move on to the other. There's plenty. There's plenty who will. There's plenty of people who will respect you for who you are and the kinds of relationships you want to build. So do your finest to establish authentic relationships with others. They won't even turn out perfectly, but flawless isn't in this isn't the essential here. Uh, the wheels on your car aren't perfect circles, but they still roll and they do great. Likewise, none of your relationships are going to be absolutely lined up with reality, affection, and might, but they may still supply incredible growth experiences. Among the best things you may do to draw in new individuals to center on your own origin of expression is by expressing yourself genuinely. You draw other people to you, making it simpler to form well-matched relationships. Most of the development you experience as a human will come from your interactions with other people. Occasionally, that development will be overboard and predictable, like that from a, a teacher-student relationship. Other times, it'll take a lot of twists and turns, like uh, that from the relationship between two intimate lovers. In all its assortment forms, human relationships are absolutely wonderful and well worth the work. Sharing your life with other people is among the best parts of being human. But it doesn't come without peril. Unlike other facets of your personal growth, the stakes are greater with relationships as your errors may potentially harm somebody deeply. There's no getting around that to um, peril altogether, but uh, the decision to line up with reality, affection, and might will help lead you through the major stumbling blocks. When you make errors, do your best to forgive yourself, forgive other people, and move on.